Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. And this is episode 79, if we're keeping track at home. Next week, we kind of get into some receivers in the 80s, the 90s, go back to some defensive linemen. And then Jolan and I got to figure out what we're going to do for triple digits. We'll figure that all out when we get there. But episode 79, I'm going to go a little obscure. I'm going to go with Raheem Brock, who spent the first eight years of his career in Indianapolis, then spent the last two in 2010 and 2011 in Seattle. Now, the fun stat about him is in 10 years of action in the NFL, he missed only eight games. So if you're doing math at home or you've got the little busty calculator out, he played in 152 of a possible 160 games in his career. Unfortunately, got drafted by the Eagles, which we all know is, is unfortunate. Back in 2002, he went to Temple. He's a Jersey guy, born in Newark, New Jersey. So Raheem Brock is my guy for episode 79. No guests in the studio. We're not going to get fancy at all. But I've got my co-host in the studio with me, Joel on my Oakland. Joel on, what's up, bro? Dogs are on top. Big NFL wildcard weekend upon us. And for 79, I'm going to go with our guy, the Giants fans guy, Rosie Brown, Roosevelt Brown, 50s decade team, 75th anniversary team, nine Pro Bowls, eight All-Pros, the man on the interior line, Rosie Brown. Rosie the Riveter? No, Roosevelt Brown. Ah, there the we Riveter. go. Like like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay. Much more like that. Joel on the sports world obviously continues to give us gift after gift after gift. And we got a huge one this week starting in Buffalo, Joel on. We were tracking this last week. Uh, we had heard DeMar Hamlin had been had woken up and been responsive. And ever since we've been on the podcast uh, la- starting last week, the great news has just continued to roll. Uh, he is home in Buffalo, traveled home. They ran some final tests on him, and he has been released from the hospital. Jolan, I have my sneaking suspicions. He may be walking out of the tunnel to lead the team on the field this Sunday uh, against the Dolphins. Obviously not in unif- not in not in, in playing gear, uh, but potentially in street clothes. And, boy, what a story that would be, right? I mean, this guy, less than two weeks away from suffering cardiac arrest on the field in an NFL game, it's it, it really is inspiring. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but if you're Miami, you don't have your starting quarterback, they got DeMar Hamlin leading them out, I just feel like this is a big energy game for Buffalo, like I said. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But speaking of big energy, college football season ended on a particular low note if you're a TCU fan and a super high note if you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Let's break down this college football final. What did you think of it? Is there room for improvement? Did you believe that TCU was a team to go into a national championship game? Yeah, or if you're a fan of 25-year-olds winning college championships. So, it, you know, this one kind of works out. I am, baby. Guys my age winning still. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, Joel, listen, Georgia was a mismatch for TCU from the jump. Listen, I think Michigan was the better team in the Michigan-TCU game. They shot themselves in the foot. But you know what, Joels? All these people that want expansion, here you go. This is stuff you're going to get. You're going to get teams that don't belong that are going to be now in this 12-team playoff. So you want to continue to expand and and, and make the field bigger because of this parity thing? Listen, at the end of the day, the SEC has won the last four national titles. They're probably going to win a fifth. And they've been balling, man. They're on a different level. You, You just saw... Georgia played at a different level of football than TCU could keep up with. So we've had this talks in recent weeks on this show. Yep. Does expanding the playoff now look a little bit cynical 
with the separation of talent from the top teams to even the three, four, five guys. It does. It does, 100%. I told you, listen, I'll enjoy it. I like the idea of doing playoff games at uh, schools, at like having home games, because I love watching the students get up, get rowdy, tailgate, have a good time. But in terms of this parody stuff, I just don't see it. I don't see it, you know, I in basketball, even the parody's overblown in basketball. It's going to be, you know, overblown here in football. I really don't even see a way for parody to exist. I just think it's going to be the SEC. And I saw something the other day on Twitter. The joke's going to be whether three or four SEC teams are getting in in a given year, man. So we'll see. I don't think it fixes much of anything uh, until the talent kind of disperses. We're kind of locked in this. And, and Jules, I'll say this. If, if people think the Bama dynasty is done, I, you can you can believe that if you want to, but Joel's what I'll say is if you think Georgia has now taken over as that dynasty, they're in a much more sustainable atmosphere. Georgia and Atlanta is a is a hopping place right now, not only for travelers, for culture, for music, culture, high school football. There's a lot to like down there in Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, Joel's I don't see Georgia going anywhere. This is a young Georgia team outside of really. Stetson Bennett, you know, who's exceedingly old. Uh, the rest of the team is exceedingly young. And Brock Bowers is coming back next year. Uh, I think Adoni Mitchell has to come back next year. A lot of these guys are coming back, so we'll, we'll see. They may make a run at another title, but I think you're seeing it, Joel. It's the SEC, it's Ohio State, and crickets. You know, I think that's about it. I think Ohio State has shown they can play with the big dogs. But I think that's been about it, man. So we will get into this, obviously, more in April, March when it yep. comes up. But Stetson Bennett, draft value. Do you see him as a guy that can go into a team next year and be an instant starter? Or is he already kind of at his prime, teams know what they're getting, kind of low on the draft value stock? I, I'm I'm pretty low on his draft stock. I think he's a good clipboard guy. Um, and I think he could find his way, Jules. I mean, 10-year vet as a backup's great job. Listen, from his resume alone, I think somebody's going to pick him up. Somebody's going to take him. Somebody's going to draft him. Uh, and you know what? You're right. We're seeing the value of the backup quarterback continually increase because guys are getting starting quarterbacks are getting hurt at a higher rate than I think at least I ever remember seeing from when I was a kid. So, you know, your backup's got to be ready. And I think Stetson's a smart enough kid. He could go out there and do it. Is there some value now for guys starting four years, three years in the NCAA from what Brock Purdy has done? Because he's a four-year guy at Iowa State, comes into the NFL, doesn't miss a hiccup because of all his game experience. Do you think that's going to be more interesting for Stetson Bennett? It's tough. I think Purdy was put in an interesting situation. I think that obviously helps. But, you know, I like guys that play in big moments, man. You know, that was part of But, again, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to talk about it with Daniel Jones in a little bit. He didn't play any big games at Duke. You know, he played in no games that were of, of magnitude 10 on a scale of 10. You know, like that's just not reality. But, yeah, I mean, if these guys come in, we saw Mahomes played at Texas Tech. You know, they didn't play in any big games while he was there. So, it it's interesting, Joel. I'm not 100% sure because it just seems like, you know, maybe it's just kind of, it, it, it's 50-50. It, it could be a factor, but I don't think it's a deciding factor uh, in a lot of these guys' development and then their, obviously, eventual careers. It's going to be it's gonna be super fun to see because I guarantee Stetson Bennett's going to be a guy that gets drafted like the Jets or somebody. And in year two or three, he's going to take the reins and the whole fan base is going to fall in love with him. We're going to forget this ever happened. Boy, the Jets need to fall in love with a quarterback, but go ahead. But who's better than a four-year, two-time national champion guy? I mean, that's just me. 
Continuing with football, we have a packed wild card weekend in store for us on the weekend. Let's start in the AFC. Let's start in the two versus seven. The Buffalo Bills take on Miami, obviously in Buffalo. What are your thoughts on this game? Give me a winner. Yeah, this game will be Sunday at one p.m. Um, Joel's. I said it last week. I'm pretty sure you can go back and listen to my words of the podcast. Obviously, as you can go back and listen to any of the episodes uh, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, whatever. And uh, I'm pretty sure I sat here and I just said Buffalo's going to find a way to win. Now I may have said they were going to win sixty to nothing, and obviously they didn't win sixty to nothing, but they were just going to find a way to win. The emotions were too much. How cool was that kickoff return? It was unbelievable. It, it looked I, scripted. It was so fake. It, yeah, it does. It, was... it does. It, it is kind of wild, but um, I like Buffalo again. I think the emotion up there is just so high, and this team is destined for a big run. I think they. They showed it last year. They should have beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. They were 13 seconds away, and, well, 13 seconds could be a long time. And they, they found out the hard way, and I think they're back for redemption. So feel bad for Miami. No Tua, uh, which, by the way, a lot of people are going to say that it's a good thing, by the way, that we're not seeing him. Uh, well, it is if you third, care about his, him as a player. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean in, in particular, Jules. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, is going to be healthy for this game. But Skylar Thompson is going to start, uh, and there was videos of them having fun down there at practice. And man, if you're Skylar Thompson, right, Jules, what do you have to lose? Right, Nothing. you're no, you're the third string guy. You've got you, Mike McDaniel, this offensive genius around you. If anything, you have something to gain. Like right, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose because you're already a third string quarterback. So go out there, have some fun, throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen. Hey, P.S. Throw the ball to Jalen Waddle and, and and Tyreek Hill. That may help just a hair. Can they stay competitive, Joel's, maybe for a quarter and a half? And then I think Buffalo, I, you know what I think? I think Buffalo really hits a two-for-one at halftime. They score as the last team going into the half. They get the ball coming out in the second half and score. They kind of put them away there uh, in Orchard Park. I just realized I didn't give you the spread for that game. It was 13-and-a-half favoring Buffalo, so I'm glad you noted that Tua might not be playing at all. We continue. That is a massive spread. Huge spread for the playoffs. Yeah, I know. But like you said, third string. Yep. That's where it comes down to. Moving forward, we have the three versus six matchup. This is Sunday night. The Baltimore Ravens take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals are a ten point home favorite because we might not see Lamar Jackson. And we're not going to. He hasn't gotten on the practice field yet. He hasn't been on the practice field in the last six weeks due to this mysterious PCL injury. Yeah. The, the PCL injury was initially ruled a three-week injury and has now turned into a six-week injury. I know our buddy Teddy Iraji, who's listening to the podcast, probably isn't going to be happy with this, but I just don't see Anthony Brown, Tyler Huntley, uh, Joel Ambioka. It don't matter. I think I think Cincinnati... I'm the X Factor for the Ravens. Cincinnati's team. been a popular pick, Joel's, I think, is a team that, you know, they went to the Super Bowl last year. They've started to come alive here at the end of the season. They're playing better ball. Their offensive line in particular is playing better ball. They're going to be without Alex Kappa this weekend. They're starting guard. So that is a huge guy to be out. He was a Niner last year? He was a uh, Buccaneer last Buccaneer year. Buccaneer last year. There we go. But uh, I think in the end, I think Joe Burrow, I'll, you know what? These teams played last weekend. I'm going to go with the same analysis I had last weekend. Baltimore, without Lamar Jackson, has not scored over 17 points. So if the Bengals can score 17 points or more, they will win this football game. That's where I'm going with that. So let's detach from the actual game. Let's talk about one team in the game, the Baltimore Ravens. Sure. Do you think Lamar Jackson's PCL injury 
is because of his contract, or is he actually hurt and not ready to go? So I don't like to question when guys are hurt. Neither I, do I. I, I do we? Exactly, but now, that has to be asked. Now, it is a fair question to say, has he rehabbed as hard as he possibly could to return for this game? And I think that's a fair question. Fair question. Maybe not the best wording, but you understand where I'm going with this. And Joel's, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't know if Lamar's fear is if he gets hurt again, they won't give him his contract. Which, by the way, folks, he's asking for a contract that's fully guaranteed, much to the likes of what Deshaun Watson got. He's got a he. Again, I don't think there's I don't think guys should get fully guaranteed. Like I, but he's way more qualified to get a fully guaranteed contract than Deshaun Watson was. Let's be very clear about that. Um, but Joel's here's the problem. There's other teams that will give him that contract. So the Ravens are kind of stuck now, too. It's like... The Jets are one of them. You know, what do we do? Uh, by the way, they signed Roquan Smith to a five-year, $100 million extension this week. Highest off-ball linebacker contract ever at 20 mil annually. Uh, and Roquan represented himself in those negotiations. So, uh, obviously, a huge shout-out to Roquan. Back to Lamar. I, Joel's, I just don't know. I, what happened here? He dis he disappeared from the team facility for like I think the last like three weeks of this injury, Jules. And the more the more he didn't show up, the more you're like he, he's not gonna play. And I think it's pretty clear he's not gonna play in this game. And will he ever play as a Raven again? Now, if you're the Ravens, you can just tag him. Guy, we saw this, Jules. Who is the only guy? He's a bad taste in players' mouths, though. You who know is that. the only guy in NFL history to sit out an entire year? Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. There we How go. did that work out when he came back? He got a decent deal from the Jets, less than he was offered from the Steelers, and flamed out of his career. Right. So, the this track. Le'Veon Bell is not a league MVP. Fair. I'm that on the table. Fair, but he was the best back in football. He was the best back in football. By a lot, he was the most versatile back in so football. So, you're going to follow with, and so is Lamar. Right. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not going Bill Paul. Yeah, yeah, but... But nonetheless, what I'm saying is, is, like, these organizations have the right to say, you have to play under this tag. You don't like the tag? Go work with the PA to get a collective bargained out. Is the franchise tag different, though, on a quarterback when you have to spend X amount of dollars, even though it's a tag? You're still spending $27 million, well, $28 the, million. the other thing, too, Joel, is, is what's hard for the public is they can tag him and sign him to a long-term deal. They can just say, hey, Lamar, we're tagging you because we want exclusive negotiation rights. Boom. Which and then is good they, business. Then they tag him. They sign him for whatever X amount of million dollars per year. Then the tag frees up. And, and you go from there. Because I believe the deadline's mid-July for guys to sign long, long-term long extensions on the franchise tag. So, so before you know, camp actually opens up, yeah. We'll see, man. But again, like, they're not. I, don't, I do not see Baltimore just letting him walk. I, I can't see it. For the sake of the AFC continuing, yep. the number four Jacksonville Jaguars and winners of the AFC South take on the fifth seed, first ones out, or first ones in, rather, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Doug Peterson and the boys have a home game. Justin Herbert and the boys are coming to town. Who do you got here? By the way, thank God that the Jag- uh, Jaguars got through the t- Titans game last week. They look like they look like they were, the stage looked a little too big for them right, right out of the gate. Funny note, what game, was that Sunday? That was Saturday. Saturday. Night. Okay, so I was with my nephew, and I screamed, Josh Allen, touchdown. And he goes, the Bills aren't playing. There you go. <laughs> Just one of those things where it's like, watch more ball. We'll get him up to speed <laughs> soon enough. But they looked tense in that game, Joels. 
It was a playoff atmosphere. My cousin was down there, Cameron. They they were loving it. They were it was a teal out. They were having a great time. It's gonna be another unbelievable atmosphere this weekend. Trevor Lawrence last weekend overthrew. Um, it was either Kirk or Jones in the back of the end zone. Over bad miss, Joel. They was wide open. So I expect Trevor Lawrence to be sharper in this game. Herbert Lawrence, could this be a battle the next, uh, you know, decade or so? You know, maybe I, I could definitely see it as that next tier kind of behind Allen and Mahomes and Burrow. Uh, so, yeah, we could see these guys, both of them, first playoff uh, 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 first appearance. Playoff appearance. So, it's it's a tough game, Jules. I think this could be the best game of the weekend. I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding. This could be the best game, period. How much do you weigh on coaches' experience in the postseason, i.e. Doug Peterson winning a Super Bowl with the Eagles, and will this benefit him against a coach that hasn't seen the postseason in Brandon Staley? It's hard, but remember... Dangerous could be house money too. House I, money, I, I, I like that. I think there's there's rumors flying around that if Brandon Staley loses this game, he could be fired. I mean, and so you rush back Mike what, Williams, you rush back X. Right, X, he like, did he he did play those guys in a meaningless game last week. Mismanaged the season, if you will. Mike Williams and Joey Bosa out with injuries, and Joel's listen. He could come out of this game and just say, you know what, I'm coaching for my life, I'm coaching for my job. This is what got me here. This is what I'm going to continue to do and just go out there and be ultra aggressive. We don't know. But I <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting choked up about this. Game. <laughs> I like Doug Peterson. I like Jacksonville to win this game and uh go on the road to Arrowhead next weekend. From AFC Wildcard weekend, we continue to the NFC Wildcard weekend. Let's start in the 2 versus 7 matchup. The San Francisco 49ers take on the Seattle Seahawks. In San Francisco, in the Bay Area, and the spread for that game, I believe, is nine and a half for the Niners with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not more. Um, I was about to ask you if that was too much. Yeah, it got you know, it's tough. It's a divisional game, right? So yeah, maybe it is a little bit too much. I think this game is is closer than it could be a backdoor cover or whatever. But I think this game ends up closer than the spread. And you know, it's funny. You heard Pete Carroll this week, and he was like. He's like, yeah, unfortunately, we have to play the Niners. And, you know, Emmanuel Acho bit the bait on that one. He was like, how could a coach ever say that? And Richard Sherman had to be on Twitter like, you don't get it. Like, it, these are these are old tricks that older coaches play, you know, to kind of get their team fired up and rolling. So, uh, I do like San Francisco to win it, though, Joels. I, I do think this, this team, you know, and again, I think Brock Purdy may get exposed in this playoffs. I don't expect it to be this week. I don't think Seattle has the defense to do it, but uh, it, it should be a fun one. And Christian McCaffrey, I believe this is his first postseason game. So let's have some fun, man. And that defense is scary. So let's, uh, let's go, go Niners. We keep moving on the NFC wildcard weekend with the Minnesota Vikings hosting our New York football Giants in the 3-6 game. Now there's a lot to unpack here. Obviously there's only a three-point spread. But as two teams that just played each other recently, how much do you weigh on their last matchup, and who do you have winning this game now? Obviously, it seems like a lot. You know, if you if you listen to the general public, they're relying on that last game a lot. Um, you bring back Xavier McKinney. You bring back, I believe, a Dory Jackson will play in this game. Landon Collins now full-time linebacker. Landon Collins now full-time. Lawrence will play. Ojolari will play. Leonard will play. Um, Aziz, by Leonard the way. Williams. Aziz has been lights out. Six games this year. Five and a half sacks. Yeah, he's been electric. And, uh, Joel's the key is, and the Giants have been very good at this the last few weeks, 
is getting pressure with four. If the Giants can continue to get pressure with four, now, Minnesota's missing the entire right side of their offensive line, starting from the center over. So they're injured. So that's Bradbury, O'Neal are the two big names. I thought their backup center played pretty good. And their guard is out. Their backup is out, so they're on their third-string center. Um, And, Joel, can they get home with four? If they can get home with four, I believe they sacked Kirk Cousins four times in the first meeting. If they can continue that and maybe up it to six, now you're starting to talk, you know, Giants, the mistakes from Kirk Cousins could start to open up. And it could really allow this team to do some do some things. Now, Jules, I I do want to take this opportunity, you know, if the Giants do falter this weekend, you know, because again, Minnesota is still a thirteen win team. You know, I don't I I know Nine they only close ones. I guess. I know they only play close games, but that takes skill in and of itself too. Um, this could be the last time we see this Giants team fully together, right? Remember, a lot of these guys are either on one year deals. They're veterans we signed off the uh, off the classroom, you know, whatever page. And Luciano, you know, XYZ. Yeah, tons of some guys. of these guys, you know, I'm sure Landon Collins was like selling cell phones and when we called them. Blake Martinez before the season, you, you know, kind of indicate you're getting younger. Yeah, hundred percent. And so with the cap space next year, we don't know who's gonna be left, you know, who we don't know who's still gonna be on this team. So enjoy it, Giant fans, because We've talked about it, Joel, for the last few weeks. At the beginning of the season, who the hell thought they'd be here? You know, I, I, I just, said four wins. I certainly didn't. Yeah, I thought they'd be lucky to get four. You know, and here we are in a playoff game that a lot of people think the Giants can win. That's what scares me the most about this game is that people actually like the Giants a lot in this game. So we'll see, Joel. I, I like the Giants to win this one. It took a 61-yarder to beat them last time. It took TJ Hawkinson dropping a 40-bomb in fantasy. 13 catches, 120 yards, I think. He was on, and two tuts. Yeah, he, he was Jettas unbelievable. Went for 11 and 130 and a touchdown. Yeah, so we'll see, man. But I, I expect this. I expect great effort, and I think that's what we as Giant fans have come to expect all year long. Now is the effort. The Giants may lose, they may get beat, but the effort's there. And we saw that last week in Philly when they played basically a JV football team against the Eagles ones, and, and it's a six point game at the end of the day. So. Proud of this team, Joel's, and and obviously what they've done. But Daniel Jones has got to be sharp. He's got to take care of the football like he has all year long. So I'm not saying that as like, oh, like, you know, he has done that all year long. He has to continue doing that. They need to get enough out of the running game and continue to blitzkrieg Kirk Cousins. Because if they can get home with four, and this is why it's so important, they can do things on the back end that are complex. They can play robber coverage. They can have McKinney's shadow Jefferson over just as a safety over top. They can do a lot more things if they can get home with four. So we'll see what Wink and the boys got got uh, schemed up, all schemed up, and uh, we'll we'll see and we'll go from there, Joel. But I do like the Giants to win this game. Note three point favorite Minnesota. You get three points for being the home team. So basically, what the line is saying is if this was at a neutral site. It'd really be a pick'em. So, uh, and in a pick'em scenario, Joel's I pick the Giants when they're ten point underdogs. So in a pick'em situation, you best be giving me the Giants. We move on to our last wild card weekend matchup. We have a, the most historic franchise going against the most historic player. The Dallas Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Dallas is a two and a half point away favorite. Let's break down this game. Is this the last time we see Tom? It could be, right? I mean, if Tom loses, we don't know what he's going to do. It sounds like he's not going to retire. 
Uh, he may never retire, but he may, we may end up retiring before he does. But uh, nonetheless, Jules, I, I don't know. This line should be 12 and a half. If the Cowboys could just play consistent football, this line would be 12 and a half road favorites. It would be absurd. And the Bucs are not a good football team. They're not. They're not a good football team. But they have 12. And they find ways to be in games late. And they find ways. Charles, you remember, I don't know I don't know how much you watched golf when we were kids. Probably not. not much, probably not, not a ton. More recently than ever. But I used to watch when Tiger was in his prime, right? You turn on Sundays and you would watch Tiger Woods instill fear in people. And there would be a mob around him only. Not only the mob, <laughs> but the players he was playing against would collapse. And it was this phenomena that you just had no idea what you were dealing with. And that's what it feels like with Brady and the Bucks. They're not great, but when you get into the dogfight with them, you're going to crumble for whatever reason. We saw it last year when the Rams went down there before they went on to win the Super Bowl. Now the Rams escaped, but you remember they had like a six play sequence of like fumble, 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 pick, punt, or something like that. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. They, it was 19 plays, they had four turnovers. You got to be kit and a missed field goal. How does that happen? That should be impossible. It's the Brady effect. Now, Joel's. I have been seeing all the all the stats online that the Cowboys are not good on grass. They're they are not good on grass this year. And those are one of those. Come on. Coincidentally, fast. Tampa Bay has Bermuda grass. So because I hate Dallas, because of the stats favor You're the grass. You're making a grass bet, aren't you? But. <laughs> More importantly, because Tampa has Tom Brady, I'm going to take the Bucks. I don't know why. I, something stupid is going to happen. I just think Tampa Bay is going to win it. I mean, that basically wraps up the NFL playoffs round one. So looking at the bigger picture here, you would have Kansas City taking on Jacksonville in the second round. Yep. And then Buffalo taking on the Bengals. Yes, sir. And then we would have the... Buccaneer or the Giants rather would go taking to Philly. on Philly and the Buccaneers taking on San Francisco. That's correct. It's going to be action packed. We'll see how well you do. Obviously, now I will six say games, this: can only get six right. I will say this, Jules. I am a little bit bothered that that Bills uh, Cincinnati game is not held at the same regard that the AFC Championship game is. Sixteen games each makes sense. Winning percentage: thirteen were, three, they were, and four. They were in a game that was going to decide. And Bills this, and Bengals were leading. Right, and the Bengals were leading at home. Yeah. You know, so I that's that to me is why I don't like it. It's because of the scenario of they were they were literally in the middle of playing it out. You know, so we, we this shouldn't have been a discussion, but obviously the NFL has made its ruling, whatever, either which way. So you'd be in favor won't. of a coin flip even though the Bills have more wins in the exact same amount of games? I don't... I guess that would be the only way you'd yeah. be able to determine it. I guess so. But it, I, I I, think more what I'm going for, Jules, is that I can understand why Cincinnati is frustrated. And I share their frustration of, hey, the AFC Championship game is going to be at a neutral site because Buffalo didn't get to finish that game. Well, why should this one be at Buffalo? Buffalo if they didn't get to finish that game, you know? It makes so, sense, yeah. But there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, they both teams still got to win their games, and uh, we'll see from there. Joel, so there's going to be a lot to talk about as we continue to roll on. Uh, Houston messed up the first overall pick. 
They win last weekend on a two-point conversion. Lovey Smith, the biggest middle finger I've ever seen to the NFL. Do you keep fields or do you draft a quarterback? It's tough, man. It's you tough. You draft a quarterback. Stop I, it. I, I don't know. It, dep- it, depends. it depends if they believe in him. You can't throw 20 yards. That, I tell you yeah, right now. Yeah, but we can see that. But if Chicago believes in him, first of all, I, I, I was listening to Nick Wright, who's on Fox, and I agreed with him. He said, if you believe in Justin Fields, you should say we're, we're going to take a quarterback. Tell Fields, hey, listen, man, like don't listen to what we're saying. Like You're our guy, but like we're trying to puff, uh, puff up the pick, basically, because then you can get a king's ransom for that. If they can trade back, Joels, I mean. Makes sense right now, too. Like There's a couple teams it, that need to jump the Texans if they want a quarterback. Texans are sitting at two. Prime time to trade up. Yeah, 100%, man. You could get them from two to one. Then you get back, you get multiple picks, you get Will Anderson as you your edge get, rusher. You still get your guy you would have taken at one Correct. with more assets. Correct, 100%. So we'll see. We got that to talk about. Daniel Jones's contract is going to be something we're going to have to talk about uh, as the offseason approaches, as his, his bill continues to go up. We also have some other sadder news around the NFL. One of the best is retiring. What do we got on that? Yeah, J.J. Watt's retiring, man. And, Choles, I'll tell you, I feel bad for the kids growing up today that didn't get to see him in his prime. Uh, because when J.J. Watt was humming, he had one of the most dominant three- to five-year stretches we've ever seen by a defensive player. Uh, he was unbelievable. The name J.J. Watt has won me specifically $50 in my lifetime because I have a cousin who's named J.J. Watt, and I have called him to make him confirm that J.J. Watt is my cousin. Obviously, it's not Justin John Watt or whatever right. his name is. It's John James, my cousin. But, yeah, the name J.J. Watt has been great for me. There you go. And and J.J., obviously, his, brother's, uh, his brother Derek and um, what's uh T.J. T.J., yeah. So, obviously, they're they're – on to successful careers, hopefully. And uh, we wish J.J. the best. And I think he summed it up perfectly, Jules. He said it. I, I have stuff left in the tank, but I'm just choosing not to use it anymore. And good for him, man. I mean, like, he's a new father, yeah, wife. You, you know what, Jules? It sucks when we watch these legends go out like... But does it? Because we even saw like the Luke, uh, the Luke Keekly blueprint. Retire at a good time for you so you can live a good life for the rest of your life. So. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying it sucks when we got to watch these guys drag themselves off. Like, oh, yeah. With yeah. nothing left in the 100%. tank. I really respect Brady. them for saying, hey, that's it. Well, listen, he's going for something. Joels, I'll tell you, this is what Tom Brady's playing for, right? He's playing for bragging rights amongst himself. Uh, no, against Sing- his ex-wife. Sing- like, I left you for the right reason. <laughs> single Tom Brady versus married Tom Brady. Single Tom Brady has three Super Bowl rings. Married Tom Brady has four. Tom's if, not single. Smoke show blonde girl in his life. Right, but like mostly single. If he gets another ring this year and he goes four and four, I mean, boy, that is that's gonna be. Si- There's no more room for wed- wedding wedding rings. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if he needs another wedding anyway. But nonetheless, like I said, we got a lot to talk about. Saquon Barkley's contract. That's obviously gonna be a big thing. I know we're Simon. coming up with uh, some amendments here. Uh, for we the podcast, are. we're working on that. That's behind the scenes. I just, by the way, I just remembered that from your text from like three weeks ago. So uh, don't worry about that. But and we're gonna get more people on here. But Joel's, we'll close this. Ooh, excuse me. We'll close the show. Talking about the Knicks are balling. Knicks look good. Jalen Brunson. Jalen looks, Bronson looks good. Right. So good. He's making everybody else look good. I heard a caller today on yep. WFIN say something about the Knicks didn't want to go full bore for Donovan Mitchell because they didn't realize how good Brunson was going to be. 
So, in essence, they kind of thought Brunson would be okay. He's a good off-season signing. Let's see where he takes us. But if they knew he would have been at this level, they would have went full bore um, to get Donovan Mitchell from Danny Ainge. Oh, what a backcourt. But, but when you're dealing with Danny, you know, it's one of those things. Ainge doesn't lose on trades at all. So, it's probably best to, like, draw your swords and just take what you can get. So. Yeah, how much is Cleveland enjoying Donovan Mitchell right now? This I mean, is good there. This is looks my problem. Take the, take the chance, dude. Listen. The Nets, get, the year, Nets get made fun of for taking the, the Garnett and the Pierce and the Jason Terry deal, the one that basically ruined their franchise for 10 and years. And set up the Celtics forever, Brown, Tatum. At least they were aggressive. At least they were aggressive for something. The Knicks, you need star power. Stop trying to sell me R.J. Barrett. Well, bring now they're selling me, you Brunson, so they got something. That's great, but bring me Donovan Mitchell. You had a chance to pair the two of them together. That would have been so nice. That's and a different when the Knicks When the Knicks are good, the NBA seems more fun. It's just this year the NBA seems lackluster. And we'll, uh, we'll obviously keep an eye, Joel. LeBron is going to pass Kareem uh, for the most points ever. That is, <laughs> is going to happen here. Michael Jordan lovers are sick to their that, stomach. That is going to happen this year, and it could happen within the next month uh, based on LeBron's pace. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep a track on that, obviously. Uh, Kevin Durant, unfortunately, went down with a sprained MCL. Jules, I will say this. Uh, he got about as lucky as he could. Oh, yeah. I think given the fall, uh, we've seen a lot of MCL injuries. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Now, I, I do think this is a sign, Jules. We're teaching people kind of what to look for with injuries. Generally, contact injuries, it seems like it's been the MCL. And non-contact injuries when you get to the ACL. Achilles, all that good Everything stuff like that. So, well, not the good stuff, but... I know, I know, I know what you were saying. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, when you see contact like that, typically you think MCL first uh, before the ACL. It's funny we're talking injuries because yep. recently I have found out that the New York Mets are not acquiring a player because of injuries. That's what's, correct. What's going on in New York metropolitan area right now? The Mets will not be signing Carlos Correa. Correa has agreed to a deal with the Twins uh, for six years, two hundred million dollars guaranteed. There's a vesting option to make that $270 million. I don't know how many. I think it's four additional years. Uh, the Mets' less, last and best offer was six years, $157.5 million, which was exactly half of the 12 years, 315 that they originally signed for. Now, they were going to have the back six years, but he was going to have to take a physical every single year. He didn't bet on himself? In order to guarantee that contract. Uh, Joel's the Twins are giving him a ton of money right up front. He's going to make 33 AAV this year, million, as opposed to 20, I believe it's 24, 26. So you mean to tell me we're going to give him. that all this nonchalant hearing I'm talking about, about the Mets didn't offer enough money, is BS, and that Correa didn't want to bet on Correa, so why would Steve Cohen bet on Correa? So, to, technically, it, based on the sixth year, the Mets offered $43 million less. However, the totality of the deal for the Mets would have been 12 years, $315 million. And Correa did the not. The AAV would have been spread out. But yeah, but I'm so happy to sign him. This is also a thing, too, they were talking about with the PA and how all these guys love their guaranteed contracts. It could set a different precedent. Listen, I, I they were talking about it on WFAN. They were like, well, Cohen, clearly Cohen didn't waff up the money. Guys, when you're rich, when you're a hedge fund guy, you put a dollar amount on risk. Yeah. And that's like you don't cross that line. So that's exactly what Steve Cohen said. I'll give you whatever, 157. I think it came out to 24 mil a year, uh, 26 mil a year. 
I'll give you that a year. I'm not going over that. So, again, Steve Cohen sticking to his guns. And we know Steve Cohen wanted him because he literally put out there that he was the missing piece. So it's not as if Steve didn't want the guy, uh, but he is not coming to New York. You smell that? Smells like good business. It's been a long time as a Mets fan before we've seen that, bro. It's a really good feeling. And honestly, I think Steve Cohen, for all the praise he's getting, deserves even more now. He's not just throwing money around senselessly. He understands the game. Obviously understands business. I love it. I love it. And I think it's a change of guard, too, in terms of trusting the medical staff. Oh, yeah. Years ago, I don't think you trust the Mets medical staff. (laughs) No, In in no way. Um, And now Correa can enjoy going to Minnesota, being irrelevant. And, you know, Joel's, I listen, I said. That statement was so cool. I said in September I would throw inside. That's that's my feeling. But they don't play till September, so I'm sure by then it'll be all a moot point anyway. Um, but, yeah, Carlos Correa will not be a Met. Uh, so the Mets now, Joel's, but this this regresses the Mets. And you wonder, you wonder, are they the third best team in the NL East? It's a fair question to ask. Right now, yeah. You know, because Correa was that postseason bat, right? The, his numbers are not that different than Escobar's. I think Escobar actually had more RBIs last year. This might be a three-playoff team. Correa. Three-playoff division. Yeah, Correa, two more home runs than Escobar did last year. But Correa is known for his postseason hitting. And I think that's what the Mets were missing. We'll see. Now it's Escobar and Beatty. They're looking at other options for the outfield goals. I told you, I think a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, I'd really like him to the team. I think he's a good clubhouse guy. Great name five years um, ago. Great name five. Well, yeah, a great st- starting outfielder name five years ago. But that's not what he's going to come in to be. He's going to come in to be a platoon guy, probably with Canna. And, again, I think he'd be a great locker room guy. That's what they say about him. He's a fun guy. So we'll see, man. Now it's, you know, I'm waiting. What what New York team is going to do something next? So, I'm just waiting for I it. I mean, MLB.com predicted the next 10 World Series, and I'll tell you right now, the Mets win one, the Yankees win one, the Yankees go to two, the Mets go to one. So, I don't go. know how real that is. I don't know what they're projecting it off of. But according to MLB.com, we will see two World Series in the next 10 years in New York. Now, did you hear about the baseballs, Joel's? They were reportedly, they were juiced last year by Major League Baseball. Yeah, baby. During the months of August and September. When Judge was on his home run tear. During Yankee games. <laughs> now, listen, it's, I don't, this whole juicing. By the way, guys. You I'm see, a fan of juice balls. I'm um, throwing it out there. Guys, you still have to hit the ball. You still have to hit it. It just you, makes the game You more still fun. have to hit the 93 mile an hour sinker that's got eight inches of drop to it. Right, it's it's the same thing, Joel's. When these guys were actually juicing, like Bonds and McGuire and all those, you still had to hit the baseball. Yes, when you hit it, is it going to go further than everybody else? Sure, but you still have to hit it. So, um, yeah, I just figured that was a fun little note. But uh, Joel's, I can't think of anything else. So that's going to do it here for episode seventy nine on the podcast. Again, we thank you guys. We can't do it without you. Um, obviously, keep reaching out if you want to be on the podcast. We're going to keep getting people on here, Joel. We still get, you know, get some of our friends, keep bringing them on, have some fun. And that's the thing, man. Like, you know, we could be trying to get every celebrity out there, but we're just trying to have fun, man. This is about sports. There's no politics. There's no BS. This is about the raw nitty gritty of American sports. And it's fun. We're getting some people that we went to high school with, getting involved, having some fun, and just talking sports, man. And it's more fun to see how our opinions change as we get older. I think that's so cool. Like, I was a Giants, like, extremist as a kid. 
and now I'm anti-Giants everything. I <laughs> predicted them to win four games this year. There you go. So, yeah, over the years, I've become more pessimistic, if you will. You're not the only one. And I think it's more, Joe, you become more realistic. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of how things take shape. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we'll continue to do our thing. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. You want to just follow me, whatever. You want to find out information. I do believe I have a link to the podcast in my profile, in my bio. Uh, so definitely check that out. Joels, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at good old Joels. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out and our Instagram at airitout.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us at those. And yeah, that's I, basically it, bro. I, I could already smell the Jeremy Shockey episode next week. I can't wait. We're going to have a lot of fun, Joels. Hopefully after a Giants W, but uh, until episode 80 and until the divisional round in the playoffs. Champagne for all the real friends and real pain for all the sham ones. Put it in the books.